Me say bacon. Bacon salad, I wanna listen. Bacon. Me say bacon. Me say bacon. Me say bacon. Bacon salad, I wanna listen. Hey, Joel, you weren't singing at all. That doesn't really count as participation when you dance. I was doing the podcast with audio. (laughs) Joel thinks we're already doing the YouTube videos. (laughs) I was just getting in the spirit of things. And can can you explain your dances that you do? I was doing the the Deets dance from Beetlejuice. Yes, but it seemed like you just kind of upset tummy. That's what they were doing the spirit thing. I do this little weird dance. Welcome to Bacon Salem, Joel. <laughs> I'm Kent. And Jacob. And I loved your dance. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jacob. Did Unlike you? Kent, who hated your dance, but... I, I hated your dance, but did you guys like my song? I did. I was yeah. actually kind of scared at first, because you sat way far away from the mic. I want to emphasize once again, like, that we don't yay. know what each other is doing when we do the intro. We just say, you're on intro, and the other person comes up with whatever, and then we're always surprised by it. We have no idea. Unless Jake's doing the I was intro, just and then say, we tell him what to say. <laughs> and then I'm like, hey, guys, what do you think about this one? <laughs> Let me run this one by you. <laughs> you guys something better? And then every I'll, time you do. All yeah, Ken so. told us for this one was, uh, you can join it if you want. That's all he said. Yes. And I did. I danced. And I didn't know there would be dancing. Yeah. But I loved it. Sweet, sweet dance. But speaking okay. of things I hate. Whoa. We're starting with that? <laughs> Who let's are talk, you? Let's talk about last show. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh, that's mean. Do you still hate it? Because the love that we got on the last show, I mean, I'm saying it was probably everyone's second favorite episode of the season. The first being the show you hate more, the bathroom etiquette show. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only other one I saw referenced so, that was like, well, the bathroom etiquette was pretty darn funny. So, <laughs> probably funnier. I do quick wits. And one of the games we play at quick wits is called Mousetrap. Where they take a lot of live mousetraps, put them all over the stage, and then have the actors blindfold themselves. And we have to perform a scene with these mousetraps and not acknowledge whenever we get snapped by a mousetrap. People love that game. It's hilarious. I hate it. I hate that game. Are your shoes off? Yes. Shoes and socks are off. We walk around barefoot. Why with would you play traps. that game willingly? Because people love pain. <laughs> he, he gets like $27 every time he does quick wins. So, I mean, why wouldn't he? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, is that too <laughs> no, So but, you're saying that... The, it people was good love people to see laugh. misery because they saw you and me out of our element. You know, we're talking about movies. We're like, yeah, I got this. And then all of a sudden Jacob's like, hey, your mom died in a movie theater. Do you want to strangle a cat? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, what? What just happened? But the thing is, the feedback we've got has been overwhelmingly positive. I have to admit. Come on. We all knew when we recorded that show that it would be really well received. Honestly, I wasn't sure. Especially when we cut out the, the questions that were terrible. <laughs> I knew as I was editing that to perfection. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, I was going to say, tell uh, Jacob, you want to talk about your experience of just getting yeah. accosted all the time now? No, it's it's pretty much anybody that's listened. Is, How are you it, dealing with fame, Jacob? <laughs> <laughs> so I've met all sorts of famous people now, and I'm actually leaving the podcast because yeah. I've had these invitations to just George host Lucas. this event all How the time. How dare you? Yeah, I love you guys, but money is money. They're like, hey, we need a moderator who's not really going to know anything about pop culture. <laughs> Just to kind of balance things out. It makes sense. I feel like no, no, Joel's we, me no, no. tonight and I'm Joel. We need you like, to I'm care fun of less. You. We need you to care less. Can you do that? Yes. Okay, you're in. <laughs> no, a little bit more. Yep. There no, it but is. seriously, all props to you and Mark, especially. And Jesse and all yeah, everyone who helped yeah. out. Yep. But like you really pushed us. We were very hesitant walking into that show. And I was like, no, maybe there's ways you could do it better. But it was magic. So thank you. I want to talk about something real quick. Thank you to everyone who's rated us and reviewed us on iTunes. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, I just want to read a couple of these because I, I found these entertaining. This one's from Schwendy. 
He said, five stars. I am able, I am yet to find a pop culture podcast that makes me laugh as hard as bacon sale. The chemistry between the hosts is incredible. He's obviously talking about Kent and I. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. And the humor that ensues is amazing. Don't listen to this podcast in public if you're afraid of laughing out loud. Aw. I know. Tender. I know. This one's from uh, Mulva 4. And it says, I love these guys. So funny. Great way to escape for an hour. A bright spot in my week. And then uh, one more I'll read from the Catenator. This is my favorite podcast by a huge margin. These guys are my age and come from the same background I do. It feels like I'm hanging out with my friends when I listen to them. Oh, the, these are all really sweet. And I, I really wasn't expecting that at all. Was, I know. It's really nice how you pat all of us on the back at once. So what are we talking about today, Jacob? <laughs> like I said, we're going to talk about Tim Burton. Tim fact, Burton. We're going to talk everything Tim Burton. We're, his kicking movies. Off, we're kicking off October with Tim Burton. Yeah, that's Seem, kind of seems appropriate. appropriate. We, yeah, have, yeah. we have a lot of fun shows coming up, guys. Uh, listener, I'll guess uh, you guys already know, but listener, we have a tell lot of fun more. shows. Yeah, I up. think you should tell me because I'm not really sure. Well, because October, yeah, you never look at the, the list, but sorry, we are very Kent and I are very excited about October. We love scary things. I'm not we excited about like that. And so he, he started watching horror movies last year. I think he watched his first one last year. Yeah, it was you. <laughs> was, that, was that a Jacob attempt yeah. at an insult? <laughs> <Jake joke? laughs> no, we are ripping a, on you so bad. No, you're like, it's all the cameras in your house, but I just we have to bring you to go, go back down. Wow. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, yes, we're sorry, Drew, but this month will be horror themed. But there's going to be different horror themes. Like, yes. Tim Burton isn't necessarily a horror director. No. He has He's horror ma- elements. Macabre. Yeah, for the most macabre. part. Macabre. <laughs> With the Ari at the end. So we're going to start off with Tim Burton. We're going to go through. We were going to kind of change it up and maybe rank his movies and whatnot. We're just going to bring back the tier system because there are so many movies. Yes. And we have seen them all. Like yes. that's just it. It's Kent and I were talking about it. And we asked, you know, have you seen all the Tim Burton's movies? Yes, I have. Have you? And I actually was only missing one, <laughs> Planet of the Apes. <laughs> so I was avoiding that one. I cannot wait. And they said, you need to do that one. And I said, okay, I'll watch it. And then uh, Kent and I were able to watch Miss Peregrine's uh, Home for Peculiar Children tonight. Yes. So we're going to talk about that one briefly as well. So what's the preview for October, though? But the preview for October is we're, we're talking about a variety of subjects. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Haunted Houses. We're going to be yeah. talking about, obviously, Tim Burton. We're, we may even see the pyramid come to pass if Jacob gets working on it. The pyramid. Which is, for those of you who teaser. don't know. No, no, no. That's the teaser right there. All right. Try the and figure pyramid. it out from that. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Two episodes. But Tim Burton. <laughs> Tim Burton, Kent. I want to ask you a question. Yes. When you think of Tim Burton, what do you think of? Off uh, the top of your head. Wacky hair. Okay. And Helena Bottom Carter's doppelganger. Wait, her doppelganger? Yeah, because they look exactly the same to me. Helena Bonham Carter and whom? Tim Burton. Do you think they look alike? Yeah. <laughs> I think they were perfect for each other. I want you guys to go out there right now and Google Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter and tell me they're... <laughs> they both have, you know, uh, dark circles around their eyes. Their right. hair is both crazy, so like they got struck by lightning. They're parents then. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> of some guy that just, he sits in a, like a dark attic and he just draws stripes all day. Black and white stripes. <laughs> I can see that. Jacob, what about you when you think of Tim Burton? Uh, B.O. <laughs> That's what I think of. Hey, you're asking Barack the question. Obama? There's no, there's no wrong answer here. <laughs> no, there isn't. No, it's just that bo is no. Like so a, I have, uh, I have an uncle who used to work in Hollywood, and he would always BO? tell us stories about different like directors and things. And so when I was a kid, it would be like, well, tell us about this guy. Have you ever met you know Tom Hanks or whatever? And he was like, oh, Tim Burton. He's like, yeah, that guy's known for smelling. Like he doesn't like to shower. That's probably why him and Johnny Depp get along. Yeah. Yay. There you go. <laughs> what about you? Tim Burton, for the longest time, when people ask me, who's your favorite director? He'd be near the top of the list. Like, really, he 
really speaks to me in a lot of ways. Is this like 1995? That's crazy. Yeah, around That's the 90s. crazy well, stuff. my teen years, my formative years. You, know, you always like, talk about me, but I'm wondering if it's you that has some sort of psychosis that Tim Burton no, is speaking I love, to you. No, the thing is, I love, I love the dark. I, love I think the, as teenagers, you always go through a phase. Sorry to cut you off no, there. No, that's fine. But it, there is some morbidity that comes in, yeah. you know, whether how clean cut you are. Well, because I've always clean loved cut. Halloween. No, he's, he's pastel colored whore. Like it's weak, but it's weak stuff. It's not real, right? No, but that's the thing is he always has that kind of twisted. It's it's a quirk. Yes. And as a, as a kid, quirk, I loved yes. Halloween. I loved uh, the macabre, as we've said, <laughs> macabre. Uh, but I actually asked my dad uh, a couple years ago. I said, "Were you ever worried about me, like liking all this dark stuff and scary stuff and Halloween stuff?" And he said, "Yeah." But you acted pretty normal, so I never got too concerned. I'm like, okay, good. Oh, that's good. Good balance. Did you have to sneak scary movies or weird movies, or did you just watch them openly? No, I watched them openly. Okay. Yeah. Did you sneak some? Come on. You know the stories. Well, yeah, but I mean, your parents didn't approve of watching scary movies? They knew that I watched Nightmare on Elm Street, like, every week. <laughs> Me and my little sister recorded <laughs> off TV, and we watch it every week. Every week? Every week. During Halloween season or all year? All year. Wow. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Still does. Apparently. <laughs> but, it's a uh, great sibling activity. By the way. When I when I Googled Tim Burton, when I first just kind of was looking up stuff about him, did you know that he's actually an American saxophonist for the band Mighty Mighty Boss Tones? What? <laughs> no way. The impression that uh, I got <laughs> is that... Yeah, that's all. Uh. Yeah, where'd you go, Ken? No, actually, Tim Burton is the name of the saxophonist in Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, but because of the, the uh, director, he decided to go by Johnny Vegas. But it was funny how I was like, wow, that would stink to have such a famous name and have to go by another stage name. But yeah. Random facts. Joel uh, has seven pages of random facts. I know. Everyone. How long seven is this going to last? Seven and a half pages. No. <laughs> That's what I was asking you all mm. last show, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> but but then, like, I've always liked Tim Burton, and he's one of those directors who know his stuff, and that really drives Kent nuts. Kent hates it when an auteur comes in and puts his fingerprint onto a movie. Such I hate as that Tim Burton, so Such much. as Wes Anderson. Such as the Coen brothers. Every time it's like someone has a style, Kent hates it. Talk about that, Ken. It's not just someone having. <laughs> okay, a you're st- done, Jacob. It's your turn. <laughs> no, go for it, Ken. It's not just someone. Finally, having I a- can talk. Right. It's not just someone putting their style on something. It's someone that is basically buying into their own brand. I think Wes Anderson has done that, though people still like his movies. Cohen's they mix it up enough mm-hmm. that it, it seems different. But yes, it kind of comes still back look down to the your same nose at them. But Tim Burton, I think Tim Burton and Wes Anderson are the two most guilty people. Well, it starts to reek of loving themselves. It's like saccharin for themselves. Do you like Tim Burton as a director, Kent? You'll find out. Ooh, teaser. Yep. So let's start. Yes. Oh, one more thing I wanted to talk about, because this is something people always talk about. When they think of Tim Burton, they think of Danny Elfman music, which we've talked about in this podcast before. Yep. They think of Johnny Depp, who's been in like a bunch of his movies. And they also think of Hel- Helena Bottom Carter. Mm-hmm. Those are the big, big. I think those. Th- I think those three are roommates. Actually, yeah, to they, this day, they mm-hmm. used to be. Actually, when when Helena Bottom Carter and Tim Burton were married, they lived in separate houses that were joined by like an underground tunnel or something like that. They would. They're yeah. so weird. Seriously? Yeah, it's Duh. bizarre. But I want to quiz you guys. So, out of all the movies Tim Burton has done, eighteen movies, how many of those would you say Danny Elfman has scored? Sixteen. What do you say? Uh, lower, maybe twelve. Kent is correct. It's because I researched this. <laughs> <laughs> the only movies that uh, Danny Elf- that Tim Burton has directed that Danny Elfman hasn't done the music for was Ed Wood mm-hmm. because they had a falling out. And Howard Shore did that one, actually, I believe. Yep. And then Sweeney Todd because that music was already done by Sondheim. Sondheim. So there you go. Here's your second. How many movies has Johnny Depp been in? Out of the 18, how many of those had Johnny Depp in them? Jacob? 
Well, I'm looking at the list, so I can count. Eight? You say eight? Yeah, that seems about right. That is right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Ken did the research on this. That one I'm just guessing, though. Uh, Hel- Helena Bottom Carter? Six? Four. Seven. Oh. Seven of his movies. So one less than Johnny Depp, and now that they're divorced, I don't know what's going to happen. Actually, his wife, his previous wife, Lisa Marie, he did the same thing with her. He yes. put her in all the movies, and then they got, actually, on Planet of the Apes, Lisa Marie's in there, and that's when he met Helena Bottom Carter on that same movie, and then Helena Bottom Carter became his it girl. Was this before or after she married Michael? Michael Jackson? <laughs> Lisa Marie no, Presley? Not Lisa Marie Presley. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? No. Do we have another quiz question? I was wait now, here's the final quiz question. <laughs> When does the trifecta of, I guess it's more than trifecta, it's a quadrifecta. Does it hurt this much when I quiz you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Is Jacob going to be like this all night? Hope so. Jacob, we're getting back to our audience. Remember that? People that like talking about this? Sorry, Jake. I had no idea who's going to do this. Oh, my gosh. Go on. <laughs> Fine. Go ahead. Never mind. Quiz over. <laughs> no, no. Talk tri- about what you want. Trifecta. Trifecta. The trifecta. It's not really trifecta. It's a quadrifecta of Danny Elfman, Tim Burton, Helena Bonham Carter, and Johnny Depp. How many of the movies are all four of those elements present? Two. Oh. Four. Okay, we name them. Only four. Corpse Bride, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Alice in Wonderland, and Dark Shadows. Everyone thinks they're in all the movies all the time. His best movies, basically. His four best movies. Crazy person. (laughs) You're a crazy person. (laughs) All right, let's let's start some tearing. All right, let's start. Let's tear it up. First one from 1996. Mars Attacks. What tier, guys? Kent, you go first. Mars Attacks. I think it was actually 1997. Joel's was it 96? 96. 96. Okay. It, uh, oh, the, kid tries to get smug and loses it. The, the, bu- <laughs> the budget on this one was $70 million. It made $101 million. Well, so you, got just, that, you got that data too? Just a little bit of... <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm ready for you. Mars Attacks is a tier three. Tier three? It's a tier three Tim Burton movie. Wait, why? Why is that it tier seemed, three? You're going to come out of the gate with a tier three. He asked it. What makes it a tier three? The fact that they had such an amazing cast, minus Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker. It was an ensemble cast, like, you know, Jack Nicholson, Glenn Close, Pierce Brosnan, Martin in Short, prime, Jack hey, Nicholson, there's, there's Michael J. Cows. Fox. Think of the cows that are, <laughs> I, I can't remember what happens to them, but it seems like they explode or, you, I don't know, aliens pick them up or something like that. You you don't, think, you're thinking of Twister. You no. don't remember because there's nothing about this movie that is memorable. No, oh, no, remember. I remember. Ack, 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 <laughs> That did get pretty annoying. It, it, the fact that they had such Which, a by the way, great that, cast. That was a duck uh, playing in reverse. No, I was really like, uh, Natalie Portman. Yeah, once again, I don't know and I don't remember. That I've just seen proves this, my theory. I've seen this. What? What's that? That Natalie Portman, I can't think of a movie I like her in. Oh, she's, she's like, she's a professional. Leon the professional. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, she's a kid in this. And Black Swan. Uh, no, <laughs> for me, this movie, it's, it's, it's a waste. It's squandered potential. Because it should be funny. It has so many great people in it. It just feels like an airplane sort of spoof. It doesn't hit at all. Totally misses the mark. Wow. Uh, by the way, I'll also bring up this has a Rotten Tomato score of 52%. What's, um, what's that? Don't even. Okay. It's never going to catch on. What's 52%? Well, it's this percentage system. <laughs> Out of 100, zero to 100, it's 52. Yeah. <laughs> this is definitely a tier three. Yeah. High five. We're bringing, we're bringing back the high fives. Yeah, we are. For the tears. It's for the tears. But uh, no, this may be my least favorite. I, I, I'm not, you know, we'll really? talk, we can talk about it later if you want, but I really don't like Mars Attacks. Like, honestly, even doing the research for it, I was reading up and I was like, man, I really don't like this movie. And it just, it didn't sit well with me, it, the it whole just, movie. Is it, does it annoy you? Is the, he doesn't like the, it's not unusual song. I okay. Don't. Like, who's that? I don't know. Tom, Tom, Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Tom Jones, yeah. I mean, everyone cool. loves Tom Jones, right? Not the best picture winner, but yeah, okay. <laughs> It's just annoying. The end. Doesn't they? Don't they beat the aliens by listening to Tom Jones? No, it's not Tom Jones. It's Slim 
good body. It's not some good body. It's slim. Slim shady. No. Oh, why can't I remember? I did all the research on it. No. No. Anyway, someone's yelling at us. Yeah, it's a, it's a high pitched voice, a country singer. <laughs> slim Pickens. <laughs> it's pretty funny. No, though. Slim Pickens is an actor. Is he? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's funny because this movie came out the same year as Independence Day, and people were comparing it like, oh, they're so similar. Oh, they're so similar. And Tim Burton's like, that was just a coincidence. We honestly, we made this, at this you know, at the same time. I had no communication with them whatsoever. I don't know. This movie I thought was just terrible. Like, I think Kent nailed it on the head. This is missed potential, missed opportunity. It's funny because he was the one. Slim that, Whitman. Slim Whitman. Thank you. He was the one that was behind this movie. In fact, he was. He went into the studio executives and he's like, I want to make a alien invasion movie. Uh, about the old baseball cards or the old trading cards for Mars attacks. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that doesn't sound like a very good idea. And he's like, but look at the cards. They're so funny. And they come with gum. Well, the idea of the cards sounds cool to me. It was like 1960s. It was these cards you collect and it told a story about this Mars And they're very brutal. Like humans are being just... Apparently parents were very upset about it and had to go in and like repaint like 13 of the cards out of the 60 or whatever. I have to say, I'm kind of surprised by you guys. I thought this was solid tier two. No. This is, this is terrible. Like, this yeah, is not actually, good. This is bottom of the barrel, Burton. Bottom of the barrel, Burton. Huh? <laughs> you just coined that. Yeah. By right, what's next? Burton. Trademarked. 1989 Batman. 1989 Batman. I'll go first on this one. Box office of $411 million worldwide. Wow. And a Rotten Tomato score of 72%. This is a tier one. I mean, come on. This is this is prime Burton because this was out of left field Burton. Burton, the guy had only really done big, uh, not big top Pee Wee. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and people didn't know him as any sort of director. As like he could do anything different. Mm-hmm. He cast Michael Keaton, who was known for like Mr. Mom at the time and the previous years Beetlejuice. Yes, but that's the thing is like people thought of him as this comedic actor who had no Batman presence in him whatsoever. In fact, there were fifty thousand letters sent to the studio trying to complaining it basically it was the youtube huh. section comments right in mail except form. for people would actually mail it in so they were pretty so proactive. how did he get the job then well actually uh so tim or tim burton fought for him actually wb said no 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 uh they wanted him gone and wb's stock price wait tim burton dropped. fought for him he fought for michael keaton he fought for michael, oh, well, michael keaton but he didn't actually didn't even really know michael keaton at, like first and then a producer suggested to him, and then he was easily convinced, like, yes, this is my Batman. It said Burton had considered it, it, it ridiculous to cast a bulked-up, ultra-masculine man as Batman, insisting that the Cape Crusader should be an ordinary, albeit famously wealthy, man who dressed up in an elaborate bat costume to frighten criminals, which makes perfect sense to me. Like, he's Michael Keaton was such an unlikely person. You'd never think he was Batman. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet, he's Batman. And actually, <laughs> Robin Williams was offered the role of Joker. Like, mm-hmm. so Jack Nicholson, he said, no, I don't want to do Joker. And so Robin Williams accepted the role... And then they said, hey, look, Jack, we got Robin Williams over here. And he says, all right, I'll do it. You know, that was a really poor Jack Nicholson. <laughs> all right. That would have been very different if Robin and Williams then had done it. And then Robin Williams was really upset. Like, he was super <laughs> upset. And he they actually offered him to play the Riddler in Batman Forever. And he's like, nope, don't even talk to me unless you want to apologize for a couple of years back. And yeah. th- so WB had to apologize to him. <laughs> well, it's amazing to me, too. Like, I, just doing all this research, because I did a lot of research on this, and it was really a lot of fun. I'm amazed that any of these movies turned out the way they did, or that they were even made. Like, these things are kicked around for decades <laughs> before they're made, and then you get people attached to them. Like, at one point, Ivan Reitman was going to do it, and he was going to cast Bill Murray as Batman, and, Ed, and Bill Murray as Batman, and Eddie Murphy as Robin. What? Which, which made a totally different movie, and yet it somehow worked out the way it is. And uh, Your childhood could have been a lot different. They actually weren't really sold on Burton doing it until Beetlejuice became a success. And they said, mm-hmm. okay, go. And then it became a huge, huge success. And it is definitely a tier one. 
It's a tier one. Tier one. Yeah. I have a feeling that we're going to be 18 yeah, for 18 on this. There's going to be a lot. I don't know. You don't think so? Maybe. There might be. There's going to be a couple disagreements Actually, here. so Burton really didn't know what to do with the character. He didn't read Batman, but he, he read The Killing Joke. And The Killing Joke is a pretty dark Batman graphic novel. Very, yeah. very short as well. And he's like, oh, that's the kind of story I want to do. And so he adapted Joker's story in that and gave him an origin that was different than The Killing Joke, but still hmm. yeah. fell into the chemicals, that sort of thing. And Batman may have killed the Joker at the end of that graphic <laughs> novel. And so that's kind of what they used for this movie as well. Batman mm-hmm. is pretty relentless. Well, and, and to be honest, I was, I was pretty young when this one came out. And I knew the old you know 1960s Batman, but this was kind of my Batman. And he's not too shy about just killing people. Yep. Like going into a building and dropping bombs off the Batmobile and blowing it up. And it's like, okay, those people are probably dead. <laughs> and so like when all of a sudden it started being like, well, Batman doesn't kill later on. I'm like, says who? I mean, look at this. Joel Schumacher. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go, Ken. Next time you say Batman doesn't kill, think Joel Schumacher. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next one. 2012's Dark Shadows. So Dark Shadows, uh, it was made for $150 million. It made $238 million globally. It's actually su- a surprising success. That is yeah. a surprising success. I remember when I applied for a job and I got an interview from a guy named Joel Hilton. <laughs> and uh, I was trying to you know, make a really good impression. Was he a weirdo? Uh, he was nice. He was nice. He was nice. Nice weirdo. And he found out that I uh, that I was a, a critic, and he said, all right, well, what's your least favorite movie this year? And I said, I looked him in the eye, and I said, Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows is my least favorite movie and of I 2012. Said, You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that at all. You don't? <laughs> I don't. That's the first time we met. Well, I don't remember that question. Remember. My goodness, Joel, that's messed up. Yeah, remember what I well, said about your interview, Jacob? Yeah, you said uh, my writing was annoying. <laughs> What? No, I said you were annoying. Okay, moving on. Let's get into personal history here. Yeah, this one is an absolute tier three. This this felt like almost like a Burton cash grab. It felt like he kind of just settled back and got lazy. And he says, yeah, Johnny Depp's my best friend. And this is a TV adaptation. Mm-hmm. We could have Ellen and Bottom Carter. I do like that they brought Eva Green. Eva Green is the highlight of this movie. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Anything you want to continue with, Joel? Yeah, no, what go was ahead. that? No, go ahead. You gotta give, you but, but she is fantastic. Otherwise, everyone is sleepwalking. And I don't mean that just because it's a vampire who was hibernating for so many years. But it is, it's dull. It's supposed to be quirky, but it's just, it's dreadful. It is dreadful. It's torturous to watch. Mm-hmm. You give it a tier three as well, Jacob, then? Tier four. <laughs> that, that doesn't exist. Obliterate, we tried. Obliterate it from existence. Uh, well, uh, you, said, you already said yours, right? Yes. Yeah. It's not as bad as Mars Attacks, but this is definitely a tier three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is way worse than Mars Attacks. Nope. Uh, this is actually Tim Burton's lowest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes with 37%. That's because it's, it's Dark the worst movie. You it's do terrible. realize that Rotten Tomatoes has only been around for maybe 10 years. You do realize and this so, movie came uh, out in 2012, So retroactive right? reviews for like... Mid-90s, I think. No, come on. I'm looking it up. Okay, you look it up. It's just a gauge, Kent. It's not a final It's a say. really poor gauge, though, when you're like, Casablanca got on. You know a poor gauge? The Kid in Pet Cemetery. No fair. No, no fair. Uh, no, but the funny thing is, like, this movie did not do well in America, and people said it was probably because of Avengers, you know, being the dominant movie that year. But 98. Overseas, this Avengers came in know. second to this movie in a lot of overseas <laughs> markets. Dark Shadows was beating out Avengers. What? Yeah. Also, it's uh, Christopher Lee's 200th film appearance. Where? So, in, like, Croatia? I don't know. Big audience in Croatia want to see this vampire movie. I found this movie to be so annoying. You knew exactly where this movie was going, and it was annoying the whole time. You're like, don't do... Oh, you went there. 
okay. Exactly. And it was the jokes were, were just lazy and the acting, I don't know. But this was Johnny Depp's pet project, basically, because Johnny Depp, he was really into the, he had this childhood obsession with Dark Shadows, the old soap opera from the 60s and 70s. And he went to Burton and was like, I, it would be a dream to portray Barnabas Collins. I would love to Could do I this. Could I hear an impression of Johnny Depp coming to Tim Burton <laughs> to, to do Dark Shadows? Yeah, talk to Jacob. I, I don't know what would that be? It's like... You want me to do an impression? Do you not know how the show works? my scarf. That's pretty good. It's basically... In my research, I was looking to see who could take over or who, who tried to audition for all these roles. And I found out that Lindsay Lohan had auditioned for so many Tim Burton movies. This, I think, was her second or third Tim Burton movie she, she wanted to be, be in. Tim Burton movie? And remember... At this point in tw- 2012, she was already a big mess. Yeah. So she was Sorry looking for some, Lindsay. Yeah, I know, some Tim Burton redemption, but she just can't get into the role. I think she wants to be the next Winona Ryder or something. Maybe, but that's not going to work. Aim high. Ava Green. <laughs> I was gonna, yeah. oh. Hey, Stranger Things have happened. But uh, Ava Green actually also is a big fan of uh, Tim Burton and wanted to be in his movies. So, yeah. Apparently, people want to work with them. And I have another factoid about that as well. So we'll get there. More Ava Green factoids? Well, <laughs> that's another show. <laughs> Ava oh. Green factoids. <laughs> oh, goodness. You, Charlie, and Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie. Charlie. Come to Candy Mountain, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go back 10 years. <laughs> Charlie and Chalk Factory came out in 2005. Box office is $474 million. Quite well at the box office Perk. there. And uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 83%. Uh, this film actually, people complained a lot about it, but this film actually is a more faithful approach to the 19, than the 1971 adaptation. In fact, after the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory came out, which, to keep it straight, this is how I keep it straight, yeah. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory primarily focuses on Charlie and his life. Whereas Charlie and the Chocolate Factory tells a lot more about Willy Wonka. That doesn't even make sense. It's flipped. But uh, this one, I mean, the whole backstory of his dad being a dentist, that was all made up. But after the 1971 movie came out, Roald Dahl was so upset with that film, he wouldn't allow for any sequels of any of his movies. And then when uh, it started being brought up again, they wanted to do a remake. Like, his family had to be involved. And, like, when they said, for example, we want Jim Carrey to be uh, Willy Wonka, the family said, no, that's not happening. And the studio had to go, okay, it's not happening. And well, What's the difference with Johnny Depp? He's not They're Jim like, Carrey? He's a great actor. Act like Jim Carrey. <laughs> that's basically what happened. It was yep. very weird. That's um, true. And I actually did play this version of uh, Willy Wonka at uh, Divine Comedy BYU. So you had like the Beatles mop top I sort did. of thing? Okay. I did. And it was kind of a hybrid. I talked like Willy Wonka, but I'd say lines from Gene... Or I talked like Johnny Depp, but I said lines from Gene Wilder. Nice. It was bizarre. It's online. You can find it there. But uh, this was one of those weird movies where it's good... It's not great. I still prefer the old adaptation. Therefore, this is a tier two for me. Okay. Charlie and Chocolate Factory tier two, huh? Yeah. That's sure. kind. It's if, a tier three. It's a tier three? It's a tier three. Oh, totally come on. a tier three. The soundtrack alone. Thank you, Candy Crowley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were going back four years. <laughs> yeah, basically. Candy <laughs> Crowley? You should watch yeah, their most recent reference. debate. Yeah. I'd rather not. <laughs> The 2012 <laughs> presidential debate. Yeah. That's because he didn't watch the last one, so he has to go back to that one. Why are we Let's not talk about it. We're not talking about uh, this. No, I don't want to talk about Hey, it. but speaking of presidents, Johnny Depp, he said he based his Willy Wonka performance on how he imagined uh, U.S. President George W. Bush, how he would act while stoned. 
What? Yes, he said, I thought of George W. Bush stoned. <laughs> you know, a lot of people a lot of people compared it to Michael Jackson. And I love Tim Burton's quote. He says, uh, he, he said uh, that Jackson, unlike Wonka, liked children. <laughs> oh, I, I got it. That's uh, what Tim that's Burton not said. Nice. That's what Tim Burton said. Although here's the funny thing. Johnny Depp was the only actor he considered for that role. Except he said Dwayne Johnson was was his second choice in, kept, in case Depp was unavailable. I there's no way. Is, wouldn't that be absolutely no. bizarre to have this the was rock? Like, this was two or three years after Scorpion King or Mummy Returns. Weird. I think he's just retroactively saying, "Yeah, I wanted the Rock in my movie." He could be. He wasn't that big back then. Tier three, though. I'll tell you why. This was right about the turnaround for me when everyone was loving Johnny Depp, and I was like, "He's not that great." In fact, he was great in the '90s. He was fantastic in the '90s, and then. After Pirates, he fell apart. I was excited for Secret Window. And then I was like, oh, he's pretty terrible, actually. And that continued well, the movie was pretty terrible. in every movie. Yeah, it's just a bad movie. No, I feel like he got stuck. Like, I feel like something yes, broke. Exactly. When he became Jack Sparrow, and all of a sudden, he got just in this rut, and he can't get out of it. It's bizarre. And I think you know, Charlie and Chalk Factory is a great example of him sleepwalking through another role because he wants to wear funny hats no. and have a lighter shade of skin. No, I think that he actually tried something different in this one. He wasn't the the drunk slurry guy. He was like that He was Stone George guy. W. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a tier it's, three. It's yeah, totally unnecessary. To three. Even Gene Wilder said, you know, it's a terrible movie. It's garbage. And I trust Gene Wilder more than Roald Dahl. <laughs> <laughs> You're just jealous because he was married to Amber Heard for a while. Oh. Yeah, then he treated her poorly. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that, too. <laughs> Why are we talking about Johnny Depp? Would you rather? <laughs> no. Yes. Two months. All right. <laughs> Less. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> All right. What do we got next? Uh, Ed Wood, 1994. I haven't even seen this, actually, so you have to tell me about it. I was going to ask how many of these you've actually seen. So, yeah, let us know if you haven't seen it before, because we'll help you know if you should watch it or not. Ten, ha- your first have episode. you guys seen Plan 9 from Outer Space? Yeah, I own it. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I don't know why I would even ask you that question. I remember watching this movie when I was 10. I think I was like a... Edward or my, Plan 9? Plan 9. Okay. I didn't understand what a bad movie really meant mm-hmm. until I saw that movie. And, you know, they're filming... <laughs> I think they filmed that movie in a couple days, and they just filmed it during the day as well, and it's supposed to be nighttime scenes, but it's just, everything's bad, there's UFOs on strings, yep. there's vampires from space, Yep. and it's, you need to see it. Like I, it I is, need to see it? It is it's, an absolute must. It's one of those so bad it's good ones, where you're like, how? How did they make this so badly? Really? And that so bad? And Bella Lugosi is in it, the original Dracula? Yes. Or maybe not the original, but he's the original, He's the original right? Dracula. And he died while filming. And so they, they had to cover up. Didn't they have to cover up, cover up his face? They got a stand-in actor, yes. and then he would come with the cape over his, his face so you couldn't see To be him. part of the space vampire clan. Yes. It is that weird. It's so bizarre. And even weirder is Ed Wood, the director, who did that and cr- all these other crazy other B-movies. So I think it's great that Tim Burton wanted to do an homage to him. I think it's his first biopic, and then Big Eyes was the second one. Right. And, I, and this movie's all done in black and white. It is definitely worth seeing. That said, I've only seen it once. I enjoyed it. I appreciated it as like when I was trying to understand film because I saw it a little bit later. It's been black and white? Yes. It's a tier two movie. Tier two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is his highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes, 92%. And Highest rated? You just said it's so bad it's good. No, no, that's Plan 9. There's Plan 9 oh, from Plan 9 and Ed Wood is about Jacob's the director confused. of Plan 9 I am from confused. Outer Space. Okay, Jacob, they make these things called movies. 
and there's a director. <laughs> no, D- Edward directed Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yes. Tim Burton made it's a biopic, a biopic about the director of Plan 9 about, from Outer Space. I see it now. I see about it. the worst director is what they call him. But that, but uh, actually, this is his lowest grossing, though, with $5 million. Yeah, it cost $18 million to make. Yes, this Only was made a bomb. Five. And this actually kept Tim Burton from directing Cabin Boy, which... <laughs> Would have been a very interesting movie, Cabin Boy Cabin by Boy's Tim Burton. Terrible, Ugh. and this and, and Martin Landau won an Academy Award for portraying Bela Lugosi's movie. This movie won an Academy Award. Do you think people stopped believing in Tim Burton after this movie? Because keep in mind, Batman made four hundred million. Batman right. Returns made about three hundred million. Mm-hmm. And then he has a bomb, and everyone's like, oh, I don't know, man. But then it got amazing critical reviews and an Academy Award. Okay, so I think it maybe have leveled out. But honestly. Give me Plan 9 over this movie. Anyway, this is a Tier 3. Tier 3? I did not enjoy Ed Wood. I felt like it was one of those Hollywood love letters that's like, oh, how good Hollywood is, and they pat themselves on the back and give themselves Academy Awards, like all the movies that have been winning lately. But I really didn't... This movie didn't but, didn't do it for but me. Thing, the reason I like it, 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 it's zany, like almost too zany, mm-hmm. but it feels like an Ed Wood production about Ed Wood. Well, and Tim Burton was a big Ed Wood fan, yes. and that's why it comes off as kind of this loving homage rather than making fun of this crazy person. See, I'm okay doing homages to old Hollywood. I don't care about, hey, look at Hollywood now. Let's Do you like the ourselves. artist? It's okay. <laughs> Tier three? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Tier I'll, two. I like the artist. Yeah. I did too. I actually really like the artist. <laughs> so but, what was all that? <laughs> but best picture? No, I was going to say. No, not best picture Hollywood quality. patting itself yes. on the back. But I don't know, this this movie really just didn't sit right with me. And, you know, obviously there's different portrayals. They, you know, the family says, you know, Bill Agosi's family's like, my dad was not like that at all. He would never curse in front of women. He didn't sleep in a coffin, things like that. But I don't know. Edward's wife saw Johnny Depp, though, with crazy hair, and she's like, that's him. Yeah. I, so, think, I think you just gave it a tear, too, because you like Sarah Jessica Parker. Stop that. <laughs> How many movies has Sarah Jessica Parker been in with uh, Tim Burton? I don't know. Probably two. two. Yeah, okay. maybe. Ed Wood and So, and tier two for me, tier three for you. Yeah. All right, next up, 2012, Frank and Weenie. 2012. That's an awesome name. So... Do you know what this movie's about at all, Jacob? I, I, I know. I figured it out. It's a Frankenstein dog. So, there you go. And I have not watched it for that reason. That's accurate. Frankenstein <laughs> dog. Uh, no, Frank and Weenie's actually... Was a, it was originally a 1984 live-action movie uh, with... Uh, oh, Bastion Oliver, is that his name? I've heard it. From the Barry story? I've already heard it. Oliver. Yeah. Plays Bastion. <laughs> yeah, never heard his story. Barrett Oliver, actually. Barrett sorry. Oliver. Yes, uh, he was in the movie with Daniel Stern, and, and I re- it's a short, and I really like the short. And when I heard they were doing a full-length adaptation, I'm like, oh, that'll be good. And it was it's animated uh, stop motion. Is it stop motion? Or is it, or is it no, CGI? No, it's live action. The new one? Oh, sorry, the new one. Yeah, the, the new, new one, one is uh, Claymation. Yeah, it's Claymation. It's a stop motion. And it's not as good. Like, I prefer the 1984 short film to this longer version. In fact, I fell asleep the first time I watched this newer one. It's vanilla. It's tier two. It really is just kind of, it's not as good as the other one. I was pretty excited because I really enjoy when Tim Burton gets involved in Claymation. And then I realized, oh, maybe I, maybe it's just the one. <laughs> maybe just the one production. And we'll get into the other one in a little bit. Well, we can't talk about Nightmare Before Christmas because he didn't direct that. We're not going to talk about it at all. Well, we can. He but wrote Nightmare Before Christmas. He created the characters. But he didn't direct it. And we're only doing directed so movies. So when we do a Henry Selleck show. Yes, we do we a Henry Selleck show. <laughs> we can talk we about that. We already had a whole Christmas. show dedicated to Nightmare Before Christmas last year. Oh, yeah. When it was during a Halloween Christmas. movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we, when we, we recorded during Halloween Christmas. Movie? We recorded during Christmas. You remember that? Oh, the Halloween movie that we... Oh, I'm glad it won, though. No. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Frank and Weenie. Frank and Weenie. Black and white. Not good at all. I really didn't care for this one. How was it tier two? It, I don't think it's tier two at all. I thought it was so dull. You didn't think it was just vanilla? 
No, not even vanilla. Huh. I mean, okay, maybe vanilla being the fact that I was really bored. <laughs> vanilla makes and, you bored. You know, it, it's strange because they're creating these monsters. It's like Pet cemetery for kids. They're having things come back to life, and I should be really excited by how morbid this kid's movie is, but it wasn't fun. Really predictable. <sighs> yeah, it's tier three for me. Wow. Tier three seems pretty harsh, though. Yeah. I mean, just it was, I would, it was, I mean, yeah. honestly, if, if I have Paranorman in front of me and Frankenweenie, Paranorman, 10 times. Really? Yes. You know what this lost to? This, this was nominated for Best Animated Film of the Year, but it lost to Brave. Do you think it's better than Brave? I think Brave's better. Because I think, well, I, I don't know if I would do. And actually, I think Wreck-It Ralph should have won that year. a Pixar movie is better, Frank and Weenie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good call. I mean, well said, sir. <laughs> All right. I always forget that movie's Pixar, too, because, you know, it's brave. Everyone forgets about brave. Yeah. Frozen comes along. They're like, finally, a woman with strong female characters, and it's not about getting married. Brave was just released like two years ago. Brave's okay. probably better, better than Frozen. Whoa. Controversial Are we opinions. going here? I mean, send, your, like send your hate letters to baconcellpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> I don't think we have any six-year-old girl listeners, so. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere out there. All right. 1990? What is it, Joel? 1990? Yep. Where you at, man? It's Edward between, Scissorhands. It's got to be Edward Scissorhands, yep. yeah. Edward Scissorhands made $86 million. Tim Burton actually directed, produced, and wrote this movie. This was, he, he, said, he said this is probably his most personal movie. Yes. He said it's not his greatest film, but it's his favorite film. It's basically him, right? Like, that's kind of what I remember yes, hearing. Yes, he has I think scissors so. for hands. He was created by Vincent Price <laughs> <laughs> in a laboratory. Uh, I, bet, I bet he lives his life thinking he was created by Vincent Price. Probably. Actually, Vincent Price has always been one of his heroes. Can we say he was a love child of Vincent Price and... Helena Bottom Carter? Sure. <laughs> Probably so. This is, I would say, Johnny Depp's big intro to film. Yes. And we're not including uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. No. Like, he, he was basically known for 21 Jump Street at this point. Like, it was like, oh, 21 Jump Street, Johnny Depp, big, big thing. Yes, and it actually could have been Gary Oldman, but he turned down the role. Huh. Gary Oldman, think about that. He didn't get it. He said, I just don't understand this. Right. But Johnny Depp, kind of weird. Right? And I think this movie is beautiful. I love that it's so dark where Edward is, yet the, everything is pastel. The whole neighborhood is just ridiculously ordinary but dreamlike. Yeah, it's like heightened suburbs. Yes, going on and here. actually the reason that was done is because it was meant to be seen from Edward's eyes. Right. And so it maybe wasn't really like that in reality, but Edward was viewing it that way. Yeah. And I think Winona Ryder's great in this movie. It's really like this standard like fish out of water. There's a bully played by Anthony Michael Hall. Yep. It's, it's a standard it's tale. to see him play the bully after yeah. in all the other movies he did. Yeah, it's so strange. Yeah. But I think it's absolutely beautiful. Like I said in the soundtrack score show. It's beautiful. It's great. It's like that yep. weird, it's the weird Halloween Christmas hybrid where you can listen to it almost any time. Right. Although I primarily listen to this one at Christmas because it's got that, I don't know, Christmassy feel to it. Okay. I listen to Labor Day. What'd you me? give it? It's a tier one. Tier three. Oh, please. No. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, I don't love Edward Scissorhands as much as most people who shop at Hot Topic, but I feel like wow. it's a good movie. <laughs> Says the guy Zing. that listens to Nightmare Before Christmas in his car all the time. Not all the time. Just mm. between the months of October and December. Okay. And some other months. But <laughs> no, this is actually a ballet now. Do you guys know that? Yeah. This became a ballet. I had no idea until I that started doing it. seems like a dangerous this. ballet. Yeah, I prefer the ballet. With to the movie. Yeah, they say don't run with scissors. Imagine what you do if you're doing pirouettes with scissors. Ooh. And you know, like all the guys are wearing like really slim like ballet get ups yeah. and yeah. you know, that seems dangerous. Right? With scissors. 
Thank you. Scissors. Ken. I'm glad. <laughs> you, do you understand where I'm going with this? Yes, that's why I tried to change the subject. <laughs> but okay, people that turned down. Okay, Tom Cruise. The studio wanted Tom Cruise. Tim Burton met him and said, "Not going to work." Because Tom Cruise wanted a happier ending. He actually asked Tim Burton, "Can we make the ending happier?" And Tim Burton's like, "You're out." Gary Oldman, you mentioned Tom Hanks, uh, Jim Carrey, uh, John Cusack, William Hurt, Robert Downey Jr., Michael Jackson, all expressed interest. John Cusack could have done it. There, there's a lot of interesting names here. Actually, it would have changed the movie though. Like really, I mean, Johnny Depp really played this role well. But this is not my favorite Tim Burton movie. Uh, it's it's lower on the list, but it's still a tier one. Yes. Is Johnny Depp your first choice? Would you have preferred a different actor? It would have been interesting seeing uh, John Cusack. I think John Cusack out of that list. Tom Hanks would have been hilarious. (laughs) You know what's strange is Michael Jackson wouldn't have needed to go into makeup at all. He just would have gone out and put on some Freddy Krueger gloves. (laughs) Oh, man. He probably had a pair of scissor gloves. Let's face it. (laughs) Um, It was nominated for uh, Academy Award for Best Makeup, but it lost to Dick Tracy. Guys, remember Dick Tracy was a movie? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Those masks were terrible. Yeah. No, but Edward Scissorhands... Good movie. If you haven't seen it, Jacob, have you seen this one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Just making sure. You need to go out and see it. Tier two. Uh, Are you being for real right now? Yeah. I don't really like it. Well, tell us why. I mean, you can't just throw that out there. You got two tier ones in here, and you're throwing out a tier two? Like some crazy person? Yeah. Like a crazy person. No, it doesn't. I don't I don't connect with it, and I don't think the story goes anywhere. It's like it's kind of like a set piece where you see an interesting guy, and nothing happens. It's but can, like, I, can I appeal it to you a bit more? Okay. Imagine that Johnny Depp is on Rumspringa. <laughs> <laughs> I will throw this cup of water on you. <laughs> like you coming to civilization should understand this movie more than yes, anyone. You, Jacob, you are Pasty, learning how to be no. human. Maybe when he learns how to be human. Pasty white skin, hands that didn't dare touch anyone. I have seen the movie multiple times. <laughs> yes. Right? It, no, it, we're describing you, Jacob, not the movie. <laughs> You'd like to make ice Remember sculptures. the water? <laughs> All right. I'm moving on. Pla- the, Planet oh, of the Apes. Just because last week was a success, Joel, doesn't mean you have to be sad. <laughs> 2001 Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Joel, uh, just watch this. I did. And uh, Kent, you're going first on this one. Planet of the Apes. I talked about this today at work. I was mentioning this movie, and someone said, I didn't know Tim Burton was involved with Planet of the Apes. I love those new movies. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's stop there. (laughs) No, no. Not those. There's a forgotten remake, which Tim Burton does not consider a remake. He considers it a reimagining. That sounds like a cop-out, right? That does. Because this is a remake with Mark Wahlberg. Instead of Charlton Heston. What? No. <laughs> I was like, I was waiting for that. Charlton Heston was in this movie, though. <laughs> you're right. He what? was. No, I know. You're right. Yeah. Just, I mean, I don't want to give him much credence more than that. Have you seen like, this one, Jacob? Do they have, like, his bones hanging up somewhere? No, he was alive at this at this point. Oh, yeah? yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Apparently, Mark Wahlberg joined the film, he said, after meeting Tim Burton for only five minutes. And he's one of these actors that said, I just want to work with him. Yeah. He seems like such a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is that your Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said Just he, kind of breathy Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Seems like that was my band name in college. <laughs> breathy Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> he actually dropped out of Matt Damon's role in Ocean's Eleven to be in this movie. <laughs> Bad Think about move. That. I mean, granted, Ocean's Eleven, that would have been the only good movie of the series, or 13, depending on how you look at it. Right. Also, Tim Roth was signed to do Severus Snape in the Harry Potter series. Yeah. And he and dropped he went down for this. to do this movie. Oh, man. Thinking this would be the biggest blockbuster. Tim Roth is awful. Tim Roth would have been Severus Tim Roth can be great. Like, Tim Roth no, can be absolutely no, no. great. Tim Roth yes, is he awful. can. No, but can you imagine awesome. anyone? Can you imagine anyone? Dogs? Let's do it on our Tim Roth show. But can you imagine anyone else <laughs> being the other Severus one? Snape? The, Four Rooms, he's fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. And what the, the one with Liam Neeson, like the Scottish one. Rob Roy? 
Rob Roy. Have you seen Rob Roy, Joel? I actually haven't seen Rob Roy. Dude, you need he to see Rob Roy. Is the no, Tim Roth. I basically, I, I'm basically Rob Roy and the Mission are those two movies that I'm like, yeah, they're this, kind of the same ethereal. No, you movie. watch Rob Roy and you see Tim Roth in it. You're like, that guy is actually. I will evil. only watch Rob Roy if you can say it ten times fast right now. Rob Roy, Rob Roy, Rob Roy, Rob Roy, Rob Roy, Rob Roy, Rob Roy. Is that ten? No, it's like Rob seven. Roy. <laughs> <laughs> I win anyway. Uh, Joel's gonna watch it. Tim Burton said he would rather jump out a window than direct the sequel to this movie. Literally said, I will jump out of a window. I'd rather jump. Out and of I would rather jump out a window than watch this movie again. Wait, wait, wait. Like, he wanted to do a sequel, a sequel no, to this one, not another reimagining? Is that what you're saying? It, well, it made $362 million, so, you know, any studio is going to say, hey, we want a sequel. And he said, I'd, I'd rather jump out a window. I'd rather be dead mm -hmm. than make your sequel. Huh. Yeah. And it is so, so bad. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing to watch almost. Didn't stop him with Alice in Wonderland, though, did it? That also says a lot about Tim Burton. It's what kind of projects he's willing to take when. If they're just comfortable for him, or if he knows he'll make a quick buck, or if he knows just having his name as a director will get the movie a lot of money. Hmm. So Planet of the Apes, all the way the wrong project for Tim Burton. I mean, yeah. can, it, can we all agree on that one? Like he it should have been right Brett Ratner or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, but Brett Ratner is better than this movie. Yeah, I'd say equal. No, he's better than this movie. Yeah. Also, I thought it was weird that Tim Burton fell in love with Helena Bottom Carter in this movie, considering she was in the monkey makeup. The monkey makeup the was, you have to admit, the monkey makeup was impressive. I think it that tells great. us, I think that really great. tells us something Fantastic. about Tim Burton, honestly. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> well, but his, I his, also, be a B. his wife at the time was in this. She was the, the monkey that would dance for the other monkey. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> she so, was the monkey that would dance <laughs> for the other monkey. Yes. Uh, but this is all the way a tier three. All the way. All the way. So okay. you watched this one recently. I did. Because I, I avoided it for so long. People were like, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. And you found out that it's. I watched it. It's so, so not bad. as bad as everyone says it was. I'm not going to lie. I, this, is, this is the truth. You just liked Marky Mark's companion with the big lips. The girl? The, the, the girl. I don't, I don't remember no. that much. <laughs> uh, no, this movie is not as bad as everyone says. It's a box office success. $362 million. Keep in mind, what what else came out in 2001? Nothing. <laughs> if I could pull that up, I, right now I would. Really bad year. The makeup is actually really good. The, you have to admit, as you oh, said. great. Um, the music, not bad. It's not a terrible movie. In fact, I like this one more than I like Ed Wood. And I like this movie more than I like Dark Shadows. And I like this movie more than I liked Mars Batman Attacks. Returns? I can't believe you just said I that. I didn't say that. That was your voice. <laughs> this, Kent, is a tier three. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, man. I don't know why. You guys agree on everything. No, and it really is like, actually, I was watching it going, man, I don't get why people don't like this. Like, it starts off kind of like, okay, this is interesting. And then when you get to the planet of, of all the apes, and it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. But then it turns into kind of this heavy-handed message movie, and then at the ending, it all gets convoluted so and messed I'm, up. So I'm going to spoil the end, just in case no one no one should watch this Spoiler movie. alert for 2001. He, gets, he actually gets back to Earth, and he, he knows he's on our planet yeah. and in our time yeah. because he sees the Lincoln Monument. Right. And he's walking up the steps, and he looks at Lincoln sitting on the chair... And it, Lincoln has an ape face. Tim Roth. Or, or, yeah, Tim Roth. Was it Tim Roth's ape face? Tim Roth's ape face. And, you know, and then all the these ape cops come. And Tim Burton said, it wasn't really supposed to be leading to a sequel. It was just meant to be whatever you wanted it, was it like to a, be. He wanted it to be like a Twilight Zone ending, but it did not land well. And no. even leading up to that, like the final battle and stuff like that was kind of just lame. Well, and, and it, we all think it's silly, but when the original Planet of the Apes book and then movie came out... 
the ending for the, the to see the Statue of Liberty shook Spoiler people. alert for 1968. Yeah. It, <laughs> it shook people. Like that was like a Shyamalan ending before they were before Shyamalan actually, was a glimmer. I was able to eye. watch that without knowing the really? spoiler. Yeah. Oh, what'd that, you think? Oh, I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Would you yeah. repeat what Charlton Heston said at the end there? I don't remember. <laughs> Family friendly. Yes. All right. But so tier three. We tier agree. three all the way. Joel, who did you say? What was the role Tim Roth turned down to do that? Severus Snape. Yeah. Oh, Can you, you imagine anyone but Alan Rickman doing no. that? Yeah, that's weird to imagine. Yeah. All right. Next one is a movie that... <laughs> it's the one you watched tonight. Miss Pentagram's Home for Peculiar Children. Miss Pentagram's Home for so Peculiar Children. I gotta just children. say right from the start, right? This seems at least five years too late, right? For what? For, to, for the genre. What genre would you say this was? Not having seen it, because Jake did not come with us tonight. Young adult. Young adult novel. We, he was too busy getting signing autographs for his last show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I sign them. Uh, <laughs> love hurting Joel. <laughs> Let's give a spoiler-free review for like five minutes. Yeah, a little brief I didn't you. actually know this was a young adult series. Yeah. Like, I knew it was a book. Yeah. But having having watched the movie now, this is a straight-up young adult story. Is, yeah, it, yeah. is it a series or is it just a novel? I don't know. I'm going to say it's a series. I actually heard some interesting facts about the book, but mm. like some lady or the author had found a bunch of old pictures. Yeah. And then she, she wrote the story based on these old, Made stories pictures. based on old pictures. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how the movie begins as well. <clears throat> I will say, even though it's a, it's a, you know, teen, what are we calling it? Teen sci-fi, whatever it was. This is not for kids. Like I was watching at the beginning. I'm like, Oh, this is kind of fun. You know, maybe I'll show my kids this. And then midway through, I'm like, no, I will not show my kids. Well, this. you wouldn't show your kids, wait, but wait, teenagers, wait, wait, kids? Go- what, no. how, what, what age are you saying here? At least like eight to 10. Well, 10 probably. Cause there's some no. pretty gruesome moments. Yeah, you're right. Anyone want, that wants to see vampire Academy, for example, will go see this movie. Yeah. Cause it is that type this of is a movie. hot topic movie. Yes. Okay. They're uh, going to sell t-shirts. With the liquors from Res- the resident evil. Films. So wait, I mean, that yeah. sounds exactly like, you know, YA movie. It, it, yeah, it is a bit is. strange. Like this kid g- ends up going to Xavier, professor Xavier's school for <laughs> gifted youngsters. Yes. Read by or run by, uh, Eva green. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The stern nanny, Eva green. Yes. Can't playing in evil Mary Poppins, which yes. we all know Joel likes. Joel is into the stern nanny. We all know that. <laughs> 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 But uh, that's two for two. I'm just saying. But no, I was going to say the movie has a kind of whimsical feel and then it gets pretty dark and it's not like overly gory or anything. It's definitely PG 13 level violence going on here, but it's intense. And there are moments where you're like, wow, this is, this is for me. It it didn't feel intense until halfway through the movie. Yeah. That's when the movie took a turn for the better because it actually gets fun. Ludicrous, absolutely ridiculous, but actually fun because I was bored for the whole first half. Really? Yes. See, I was going to say, I was actually really enjoying it, and then the ending, it kind of fell apart. Oh, yeah, the ending was ridiculous. And I mean, so, it was all origin story at the first, Yeah, it was right? all origin. He, so you've seen this all before. He walks into the school, and everyone shows does a little intro with their X-Men skills Hello, and stuff like that. Hello, here's my power. And they're Hello, like, here's mine. And they're like, what's yeah. your power? Yeah, I'm bored already. We won't right. know until it happens. And you know that's what it's going to be. You know it's going to be this, hey, we're not going to get any information until right at the end. And that's kind of what it was. And there, I, I thought the monster design was pretty cool. There's stuff of nightmares in here. like uh, So it's X-Men Apocalypse, basically. Yes. Yeah. No, precisely. Samuel L. Jackson, by yeah, the way. And I'll tell you why later. But okay. Samuel L. Jackson is pretty creepy. Like, he's he's going to end up in some kid. There were some young kids in the theater. Oh, he's I the thought, villain? Oh, he's yes. ending up in the nightmare. Oh, and he chews the scenery. It was weird, though, because like, Chris O'Dowd from IT Crowd was trying to do an American accent. And the whole time, I'm like, just talk normal. Just talk normal. Hey, dude. 
Hey, son, what do you think? Where are you going, Kim- son? Killing Dover would be at one point during the movie just says, is he doing a Canadian accent? <laughs> <laughs> he sounded Canadian. It wasn't quite working. Canadians. Well, and then poor Asa Butterfield from uh, Hugo, game, Hugo and Ender's Game. He was the weakest part of the movie, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, like, really, his acting was, was very wooden. Okay. And whereas the rest of the cast, there was a lot of strong performers Considering the show we're doing, did it feel totally, like, in your face, Burton? Was it Sleepwalking Tim Burton? Was it Return to Form at all? This seems pretty... I, w- I wouldn't say standard Burton. It was subtle Burton. Because it wasn't in your face, but it was like, oh, yeah, he definitely had a hand in this. Right now, initially, this may drop tier two. That seems bold. Yes. And it's my answer to tier two. Okay, tier two. This is pretty standard middle of the road stuff. I will say though, I mean, I like this more than Frank and Weenie. Yeah, and, I uh, agree. <laughs> no, this this movie is bonkers, and it's probably not it's worth not seeing twice. Bar, guys. It's yeah. bizarre. Like, and that's the thing is, it felt unique, and I appreciated that. It felt like something different, like not the same run of the it, mill. It felt unique, uh, kind of like the Magician's uh, Apprentice, um, the <laughs> Vampire's Vampire Assistant, Cirque du Freak, Cirque du Freak. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. It yeah. felt just like that movie. I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> you should. It's, oh. You basically saw it tonight. Okay, good to know. Yeah. 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 So tier two, before. we agree. You guys ready for a Jacob Twist? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You guys get to pick one movie, Beetlejuice or Big Fish. What Only one gets to stay. What do you mean? I, to tear? Yeah, one One is a race from memory. Yeah. No, we're not doing cable IMAX this, race on this episode. No, this, this is a Jacob this, Twist. This Beetlejuice? But what does this have to do with tear? Big Fish. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice? Yeah, Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, I thought you really loved Big Fish. I do. But you're not even gonna you're not even gonna worry about it. No, because it's a Jacob Twist, and I want to move on. <laughs> Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. <laughs> Is Beetlejuice our next one. How many times have we said his name, guys? Oh no. no, no. <laughs> All right, let's do Beetlejuice first. All right. I wonder what's here it is. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Basically, <laughs> two. basically, Jacob's like, here, let's show your hand, and now let's talk about your hand. Uh, Beetlejuice, tier one. I mean, box office, it made $73 million back then, which is pretty good. 81% Rotten Tomatoes. Won an Academy Award for Best Makeup. I just wanted to seek in for a minute. Academy Award winner, Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, and for those of you who don't know, it's a story of a, a man and wife who get in an accident and have to deal with the afterlife. And then also there's this mischievous ghost named Beetlejuice that causes them a lot of Alec problems. Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis when they were incredibly, incredibly likable. Yes. Right? Yeah. And they were a great couple. Why didn't they do more movies together? Uh, Beetlejuice was one of the, was Tim Burton's, like, really put him on the map. Like, big, uh, I keep someone to say Big Top Pee-wee. Pee-wee's Big, big Adventure. adventure was like the one that kind of meant, okay, this guy can do something. Beetlejuice was like cementing in like, okay, give this guy the green light on whatever he wants. And that's when they gave him like Batman and all those other movies that he did right at the beginning. Uh, Burton's original choice for Beetlejuice was actually Sammy Davis Jr. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I messed up my facts before. Burton wanted Keaton for Batman. It was this movie where Burton was unfamiliar with Keaton. Okay. Apologies. But only $1 million was given to visual effects. Like, we wanted to keep this as low budget as possible. And yet they, it turned out so well. And Burton said... So even like the snakes in the sand outside the door that yeah. was done on the cheap? Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, basically clay 80s. animation. Are you serious right now? Well, I mean... Those are the cheapest looking things ever. <laughs> I mean, even when I'm a kid in the like 90s, I'm like, wow, that is a joke. <laughs> um, that's true. But the original script of this was super dark. Like the crash with, of uh, the Maitlands was much more graphic. Beetlejuice... Uh, I'm just going to read this. The character of Beetlejuice, envisioned by McDowell, the writer, was a winged demon who takes on the form of a short Middle, uh, Middle Eastern man, is also intent, he's, who is intent on killing the Dietzes rather than scaring them, and wants to do more than just marry Lydia, the little girl. That's what the original script was. Isn't that terrible? I, it would have been a terrible movie. But then they changed it up, and they made it fun, and they brought in all these fun elements. They brought in Michael Keaton, and... Uh, it turned out great. I generally hate this in movies because I think movies do it too much now. Mm-hmm. But Keaton, it, it says he ad-libbed most of his lines. Yeah. 
And I hate when comedies do that. I'm like, oh, you'll find a joke somewhere. You mean to say I hate comedies? He's quotable, though. Do you like this comedy? Because this is a pretty straightforward comedy. It's got horror, but... I'd say it's a horror comedy. Okay, so you're okay with this one, then? Yeah. And he was only on screen for 17 and a half minutes. And this is apparently, according to IMDb, Michael Keaton's favorite movie that he's been in. Good on him. Right? It's It's a great role. And it's such an iconic character. Like... Every time someone tries to do like an, an impression of him, like a haunted house or something like that, mm-hmm. I'm always just like, no, you're Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. No right. one else can be him. So or do you want a sequel? No. Hasn't that been in talks? Yes. Oh, so for many a times. long time. Like right after they were actually going to do a sequel called Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Oh. And it was going to be Dietz's go to Hawaii, go to Hawaii. They're on some hotel that's built on an ancient burial ground. And then they have to call him Beetlejuice and all this stuff. Like it was going to be a mess. It was going to be terrible. And thank goodness he didn't do that. And now they're trying to get it back again. And I'm just like, because ah, Michael Keaton's a thing again. By the way, he is another fun fact. Warner Brothers disliked the title of Beetlejuice and wanted to call the film House Ghosts. As a joke, <laughs> Burton suggested the name Scared Sheetless and was horrified when the studio actually started considering it. Oh no! <laughs> and just and Beetlejuice. What does it even mean? It's it's like actually named after a constellation. Yes, but. I love that it's just one of those titles that everyone knows what it means, and we've said it so many times, he should be here by now, but great movie. And this this came out alongside... This is the I tenth, hope Michael Keaton shows up, honestly. Yeah, that'd, be cool. that'd be awesome. This is the 10th highest grossing film of 1988 alongside Rain Man, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Big, Twins, Die Hard, and Coming to America. Wow. Wow. I know. This is like up there with these great movies, but Tier 1. Tier 1. I love this one. Tier 1. All right. Well, Big Fish. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the one I struggle on. In fact, I watched this last night. Did you? Thinking. Did you cry, Kent? <laughs> Did you cry like a little baby? Don't put it that way. <laughs> he cried. He Just totally because cried. occasionally I get emotional, right? There's certain triggers that I know get you. There Do- are. Dogs and fathers. <laughs> yeah, dogs. <laughs> in America. If, if dogs survive in a movie, no, it's like I a fa- cry. Father-son relationships in a movie. I know that gets you. And every time I get you crying on a movie, I feel a little le- more, less manly. What am I saying? I Wait. feel a little more like a man when I know you cry too. <laughs> you're crying because you're thinking about me crying? No, I'm thinking about Big Fish. <laughs> so this movie came out in 2003, made $122 million. This one felt so different for Tim Burton, for me at the time anyways. Mm. Just because... It I is mean, very different, Tim Burton. Yeah. I didn't really give much attention to 2001, or sorry, Planet of the Apes in 2001. Mm. Sleepy Hollow, though, I mean, that was very Tim Burton, which we'll get into. Yep. Big Fish is a family story based on a book. It's all about, like, humans and people and characters. Weird. Yeah. Like, has he done anything else like that? Like... I don't know. Not really. No, I mean... <laughs> And granted, it still has some of his visual storytelling techniques. Yeah, like the yes. car underwater. Well, I mean, all the flashback stuff, like the, the, the present story. If you don't know the story of Big Fish, it's the story of a dying father who's trying to, well, a son who's trying to reconcile with his dying father. And his yes. dying father always told these tall tales as a kid that he never believed. And so, like, there's the present where he's talking to his father, but then it shows all the flashbacks of his stories. And they're these fantastical tales. And full it of beautiful really imagery. is such a great cast. They cast this one amazingly. Billy Crudup plays a son. Uh, Ewan McGregor plays uh, the father when he was younger. Future Mrs. Brad Pitt played the wife. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Marion Cotillard. Cotillard. She was another actor. This is her first American movie for Marion oh, Cotillard. She did a great job. And she actually slept with the script under her pillow for a month. I wonder in, where you're going with that sentence. In, <laughs> I know, me too. I was like, uh. In hopes that she would get this role. Wow. There Pretty you go, cool, kids. Right? That's how you get a role in Hollywood. But I just love it. It's Alison Lohman playing young Jessica Lange. 
uh, Ewan, McGregor, Ewan McGregor playing young Albert Finney. Yep. And I thought, because th- they actually look like their younger selves. It's actually because of, uh, yeah, uh, Tim Burton watched Tom Jones, the best picture winner of 1963. Oh my gosh. And he, he saw the similarities between Ewan McGregor and Albert Finney and said, mm-hmm. let's do that. And Ewan McGregor is fantastic in this movie. Yeah, he, he is. is. In every movie, except for Down With Love. So I remember, I've always kind of been mixed on this movie, knowing that it was I, I will say great, but there's just some mit- missed potential here. I don't know if it was like a little bit boring. So I watched it last night and I thought, man, this is a little bit boring. I think this is a tier two movie. Like seriously, I was going through the movie and I'm like, there's a moment of greatness. There's a moment of greatness. But for the most part, it's slow. This is slow. And then the end happens. <laughs> I don't want to th- think about the ending. And it became a tier one movie. Like I will say this one is where I could actually bring it down to a tier two, but I still have to say tier one. Because of the end. The end is, is so emotional and brings it all together that it makes an okay movie by any director's standards into a great movie. I'm so glad you went that way because I was so worried we weren't going to be friends after this show. Really? If I gave this a tier two. I would have been upset. Really? Because I love Big Fish. Jacob, you were right in pointing it out. This right. Is, yeah. yeah like I'm like, okay, I, I was spot on with that. But it's, You're like Beetlejuice. Who cares about no, Big be, Fish? No, but between them, though, Beetlejuice <laughs> wins. But Beetlejuice, Big Fish, I mean, $122 million at the box office, 78% of Rotten Tomatoes, Miley Cyrus' first film role. These are all iconic things. But <laughs> <laughs> and Steven Spielberg was supposed to do this, but he dropped out. Okay, stop there. Could you imagine Steven Spielberg making this movie? He would have made this, in, probably not even dull. It would have actually been magic in Spielberg's hands. I, I, think, probably, it I think Burton was actually... He's he'd be my choice. fourth choice to make yeah, this. But I think Burton choice. did a great job because he did a very good job. The tall oh, tales man, I wish Spielberg had it. Right? Yeah, that'd be one of my favorite. No, no, movies. no. The Tall Tales were beautiful, and actually, Burton didn't really want to do this film, but his his father passed away in 2000, 2000 and his mother passed away in two thousand two, and he was really dealing with stuff. And he, this film, this film, kind of spoke to him as what kind of a, he wishes he could have reconciled with his father, like the the character wow. in the film. Okay, makes sense. And so this is really kind of a personal film in that regard, and I I don't know. You nailed it that it really is the ending. Mm-hmm. It sells it every time. And every time it's over, I want to call my dad and tell him how much I love him because Aww. this is one of those movies that just gets your heartstrings. And I love the romance story at the beginning. Like yes. It's so believable and so yeah. magical. Fantastic movie. Tier one, without a doubt for me. It's time for Pee Wee's Big Adventure on Bacon Sale. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, tier one. This is a tier one for me because this is kind of one of those movies that I loved as a kid. Everyone knows about The Basement and the Alamo. Everyone knows about Large Marge. Nostalgia tier one? I just watched it two weeks ago. Still enjoyable. And my kids still loved it. This is a tier one. And it's because, like, it's so unique. It's one of those movies you don't really see a lot in Hollywood. It's bizarre. It's, It's like that mix of adult style humor and horror with also childlike whimsy. It's so much fun, and this really is one of those movies that I can watch as an adult, and I still appreciate it as I did when I was a kid. This is a tier one movie, and this is actually the one that, obviously, I said before, put Tim Burton on the map. It put uh, Danny Elfman. He was just doing Oingo Boingo and had done some scores, but this is his first big score. Put him on the map. So really, this is what started it all, tier one. Also really cool that Paul Rubens reached out to Tim Burton. Yeah. Having seen a lot of his just weird We owe, just think about this, we owe Pee Wee Herman... For Batman, for Johnny Depp's career, for Danny Elfman's career, it's all because Pee Wee Herman saw Vincent and Frankie Weenie and was like, yes, this person. Yes. Well, actually, it was kind of cool that Paul Rubens and Tim Burton, they would go to like Oingo Boingo shows. 
who they loved. Right. They would see Danny Elfman on stage and be like, that's our guy for Pee Wee. Danny Elfman's like, I don't do, I'm not a composer. So when he actually, he said when he saw his his score up on screen, mm-hmm. it was like one of the most emotional experiences he ever had. Like, imagine that. You're like, I'm kind of a weird new wave rocker. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a movie composer. But I mean, we talked about oh. him on the, on the, the score show. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of all the amazing scores he's created. All because of Pee Wee. I so want to give this movie a tier two. I do. I want to give this movie just because I think, oh, you know, I liked it when I was a kid. But the seven-year-old in me is kicking me in the shin saying, it's a tier one. And it is a tier one. I was going to say, if you give it a tier two, do you know what happens? Large Marge is going to show up in your bathroom. Please no. (laughs) Please no. (laughs) That scene is still one of the scariest scenes in movie history. When it came up with my kids, like, because I knew it was coming and I told them, kids, there's a part coming up. My son watched it, no problem. My daughters, my one daughter, my oldest daughter, she covered her eyes. I covered my youngest daughter's eyes. But all of them are terrified of Large Marge now. (laughs) (laughs) And I like that it's so scary. And then the scene just ends. Yeah. And that's it. It's just random. (laughs) Man, Large Marge. All right. Next one. 2007 Sweeney Todd. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. I I was pretty much done. With Tim Burton at this point. Yeah, I like Big Fish in 2003, but I thought, ah, uh, this guy's a hack. Falling oh, yeah, Charlie stuff. and the Chocolate Factory. Exactly. Corpse Bride, you're like me. Yeah, oh, he's working with Johnny Depp again. Johnny Depp is playing a, a zany character. Great. Oh, I don't like musicals. Even better. I'll go see this movie, I suppose. And boy, did I love it. <laughs> but it is such a weird movie that's so cockney and, and dirty London. Yep. And Sasha Baron Cohen is it and does a fantastic job. Helena yep. Bottom Carter is in it, and I don't care for her, and does a pretty great job. Yep. She makes a great Mrs. Lovett. It's it's bloody. And Very bloody. And man, is it funny. When those bodies fall to the ground and crumple and crack. <laughs> That's I, hilarious. I know. I was dying <laughs> because it is played for laughs. And for those of you who don't know, Sweeney Todd is the story of a The a demon man. barber of Fleet Street. Yes, he's a man. He's a barber who loses his wife and child, wants to go on revenge, ends up killing a lot of people and turning them into meat pies. Yes. It sounds so terrible, but they the way Sondheim created the play, because it was a play before, uh, it's magical to watch. Yeah. But did you give it a tier? It's a tier one. Wow. No, seriously. This, this is a tier I one. I would watch this movie right now. And honestly, the movie itself, the actors, if there was worse music, this might be a tier three. But because the music is so good, because of the song Diana, this is a tier one. Dirty Diana! <laughs> oh! Ooh! <laughs> Michael Jackson has come up a lot in this show. That is bizarre. Yeah, but yeah, this is a, this is a late bloomer tier one for me. Late bloomer tier one. Late bloomer tier one. All right, Joel. Can I put on my hipster glasses for a Please second here? do. Can I borrow yours, Ken? Yeah, there you Thank go. Thank you. Oh, wait. Uh, the musical glasses are already in your corner there. No, but I got the hipster glasses. Uh, I was a fan of Sweeney Todd before the movie came out, <laughs> and uh, I actually dressed up as him for Halloween in 2007 before the movie came out. So what'd you look like? Uh, not like Johnny Depp. Like, I honestly had kind of the, the slick down hair and things like that. I had the pill makeup with the dark eyes. It was more the theatrical version. But I didn't discover Sweeney Todd until college. And I remember reading the, I was reading the play, and I got to the end, and I was like, I did not see that coming. Like, I was floored. So I admit that my liking for this movie is probably because I like Sweeney Todd. And this movie portrayal is a good movie portrayal of it. This is a tier one. Yeah. <laughs> I own this one and I would watch this one. I, I watch this one, you know, usually every Halloween season or something like that. And I, I, and I really, love the songs. I could sing along. 
okay, I know he's cutting necks. I know they don't show it all that much, but there's that montage where they show it a ton, right? Or is yes. it throughout the movie? Well, That's what I'm asking. If content-wise... It's very bloody. Like, think Kill Bill spurting blood. No, but is it throughout the film or just the one scene? There's there's a couple scenes where it's it's pretty graphic, but there's that one montage when it's just... It's so next funny. Next slice after next slice after <laughs> next slice. I don't know slice. why. <laughs> it is so funny. Oh, it's terrible. I haven't seen this one, by the way. Oh. I think I've told you guys that. But. See, you can borrow my copy. Yeah. yeah. Like, you'll be turned off because it's so Burton. You guys keep saying it's so funny, and, and you keep talking about no, next getting slit. It's and macabre. It really is that, that kind of hey, gothic just like you're horror. talking about with William Wallace. Yeah, when he slit the guy's <laughs> wrist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Throwback. All right. All right. Here's one from Tim Burton I like. Sleepy Hollow, 1999. Sleepy Hollow, I like the soundtrack more than I like the movie. I'll just say it. I think Christopher Walken's probably the best part about this movie because he's got that creepy, you know, Headless Horseman thing going. But give me the Disney movie anytime. Like, I, I prefer Ichabod Crane and Bing Crosby. And But Christina Ricci's in this movie. She is. Yeah, maybe you missed that, Joel. No, I, I saw it. Christina um, Ricci. Say, yeah, say hey, it Joel, again. Joel, yeah. Joel, hold on. Christina Ricci. Yeah. Who we all loved, I found out. I had at the age of twelve high hopes for this movie, <laughs> and like I said, I love the music, but I had high hopes for this movie. It did not deliver, and this is a tier two. What? Well, tell me, what didn't you love about it? Was it the fact that he was kind of a detective, and it wasn't as much a horror story, but rather a thriller? Yeah, that kind of. I mean, just him not being a school teacher, him being a detective, the whole witch twist at the end, and things like that. It just didn't quite sit right for me. And the whole headless horseman story was interesting, and I liked that, but the rest of the movie just felt kind of me. So this is, and I do need to watch it again. This is one I actually plan on watching again because it really didn't sit right with me when I saw it before. Tis the season. Tis the season. And so maybe I'll watch it again this season and maybe I'll like it again. But for now, it's a tier two. Huh, that's surprising to me. I thought you'd really like this one. Yeah. Jake, is this a tier one for you? Uh, You said I really like it. Yeah. Yeah, it probably is tier one. It probably, yeah, tier one for Tim Burton. I think I've seen it one and a half times. So I, I, really, I, I don't know. I probably turned it off the second time. Cut off the head of it. Yeah, exactly. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I do remember there was like actually some suspense and threat and things like that yeah. that I felt in Tim Burton, which I don't normally feel. I well, do. I do enjoy like Johnny Depp's character in this one because he faints like throughout the movie, right? And it, it's pretty funny, right? He's he's not. Yeah, he's. Are you going to say character. tier three? You're about to say tier three, aren't you? It's a tier two. Okay. All right, we agree. <laughs> With a hip hip and a clippity clop. It's not the music from this one. I know it's the better one. Corpse Bride, 2005. (laughs) (laughs) That's your tier? (laughs) It's not exactly a raspberry, I'll say that. (laughs) This is a tier two for me. Corpse Bride, I had such high hopes. In fact... That was silly. Okay, I'll I'll tell you a little bit more about me. When I was in college, I think I I may have been kind of a hot topic sort of guy because... I, I love Like pitching. everyone was talking about you? <laughs> <laughs> that was a real hot topic at school. Yeah. I liked drawing Nightmare Before Christmas stuff in like 2002, 2003. Jack Skellington was always in my notebooks. And I was writing down a sequel for The Nightmare Before Christmas. That's how nerdy I was. You were doing a pitch show. I was doing a pitch show. Okay. He was prepping back then. All by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I was... I. I loved Burton's like style. I didn't love all his movies, but I loved the style and I couldn't wait till he just ventured back into claymation. So when I, this movie was announced and I noticed, Oh, Oh, Johnny Depp's in. Okay. I didn't care for him in this movie or this movie, but that's fine. And I was so stoked to see it. And then I saw it and I went, that's it. But where's the music? Yeah. But where's the music? Yeah. I think there's a song. Maybe one by the bones guy. Yeah. Which by the way, Danny Elfman hated to sing because it ruined his voice every time he sang it. And I, be, I think 
Maybe it's Nightmare Before Christmas without the music and without the charm. It's a tier two. Okay. It's boring. Um, so I wanted to give this interesting fact here because we were talking about, you know, Johnny Depp was uh, Jack Sparrow in 2003. Mm-hmm. This movie came out in 2005 along with uh, uh, Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Here's Burton. He's talking about Johnny, casting Johnny Depp as Victor saying, it was weird because we were both doing, we were doing both at the same time. He was Willy Wonka by day and Victor by night. So it might've been a little schizophrenic for him. I think this is when Johnny Depp broke. Oh, you think this is the moment? I think this is the moment. I think he did pirates and then he did these two and then he just forgot who he was basically. Hmm. But I agree. I came into this movie going into expecting Nightmare Before Christmas. Ended up with Vanilla. This is a tier two. Yep. More high fives. Batman Returns, 1992. Uh, this is the box office of 266 million. Rotten Tomato score of 80s, 80%. This is Tim Burton's only directed sequel. And it's the reason he wasn't able to do Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, he only agreed to do this sequel when they gave him more creative control, which is why this one feels so much more bizarre. It is. Than the original Batman. And uh, Bob Kane was actually the creator, the co-creator of Batman. He was a consultant on both Batman and Batman Returns. So like people get mad about it. It's like, well, the creator of Batman was cool with it. So maybe you should be too. Also, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Eva Green of her time. Yeah. <laughs> Sean you guys Young. Have really been loving on the actresses this episode. I mean, so she, <clears throat> Sean Young of Ace Ventura Pet Detective fame. <clears throat> she was originally cast as Vicki Vale in the first Batman, got in a horse, horseback riding accident, wasn't able to do the movie, so they got Kim Basinger last minute. She thought the role of Catwoman was hers. So she got in full Catwoman costume and showed up at the studio and demanded an audition from Tim Burton. It did not go well, and she did not get the part. <laughs> Annette Benning was actually cast as Catwoman, but she dropped out because she got pregnant, so Michelle Pfeiffer get, got, got it. And Danny DeVito makes a great, great penguin. Like, he really fits that role. <laughs> but that was, the, that was actually the first time they It sounds made. like you're just saying he makes a great penguin. Right. Like, not... <laughs> <laughs> and then he was also in the movie. Yeah. He was also in the movie playing a character People that were upset. called the Penguin. People were upset that, that he made the penguin an actual penguin mutant, though. Because yes. Penguin has always just been a gang lord. Yeah. And yeah. now it's like he was kind of a freak. Yep. Also, this is the movie. This is one of the movies, I should say. This strained the relationship of Danny Elfman and Tim Burton because there was some issues of finishing the score, and then they disagreed on a lot of stuff in Nightmare Before Christmas, and so that's why Danny Elfman didn't do Edward because of the strained relationship. Wow. And also, it's kind of cool if you think about it because the parents of the Penguin, it's Simone and Pee Wee Herman from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yep. That's fun. Yeah. And Pee-wee, Paul Rumens actually re- redid the role in Gotham. It's the Penguin's father. Oh, he did? You're right. Yes. I didn't huh. watch that far because I hate that show. <laughs> but this is a tier one. Batman Returns is a tier one. This is a very dark version of Batman, but it works. And I think it's well done, and Michelle Pfeiffer is amazingly beautiful. Well, let's go to the source of real critic knowledge, Rotten Tomatoes. What does it say about this one? Boo! <laughs> 80%. Boo! Let's go to the real source. I like this movie better than Batman. <gasps> really? Blasphemy! Sorry. I think this is the better Burton Batman movie. Say that ten times. Better Burton, better Burton, Batman, blockbuster. Rob Roy, Rob Roy, Rob Roy. (laughs) I really get a kick out of this one. It's really fun, but even than the original Batman, it's dark. It is so Burton esque. Like I love the control he had here. Okay, like I just jump right in, and yeah, I think this is better. Hmm. Uh, And also Christopher Walken, who shows up in this movie. Yep, Max Shrek. Max Shrek. He was also cast in the Burton movie that they didn't make in 1999. Superman Lives with Nicolas Cage. Oh, and that's, if you don't know the story of that, 
You need to look that that. There's actually a documentary, but Christopher Walken was meant to play Brainiac, the voice of Brainiac. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. But anyways, yes, I think this is such a great sequel for him to take on. I think Michael Keaton just totally killed it in this movie. He killed a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> he right. didn't care. Yeah. Uh, do you, I hear uh, mistletoe is deadly. If you no <laughs> no, no <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> what was the quote? You know mistletoe is deadly if you eat it. Well, kiss is even deadlier. If, if you mean, mean it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, Most six, I was like, I was 11. I'm like, I want to kiss Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Who didn't? <laughs> Gosh. Anyways, we're not pigs. No. Tier one. <laughs> <laughs> With that resounding <laughs> endorsement there. Oh, dear. All right. I'm not sure that was convincing. All right. 2014, Big Eyes. How many more do we have? This is the second to last one. Okay. Big Eyes. Big guys with Amy Adams, Christoph Waltz. This is a really strange choice for him. In fact, he didn't really use any of his regulars in no. this movie. I think he was trying to make a real film. Yeah. For the first time in well, a it's long like time. This one, the, this one in Planet of the Apes. Don't feel like Burton. Well, this one, I haven't seen this one either, but this one's historical, right? This is actually yes, this this is is a second biographic. biographic. Yeah, this is an actual story about a woman so, yeah. who made these paintings, these famous big eyes paintings, and her husband took credit for her work. That's the story. Yeah, I know Joel's feelings on this one, but I, I think I Do like... You can't? I think I do. Do you? I liked this movie because I just feel that this guy's so slimy. Because I like Amy Adams because she was in Superman. <laughs> I just like Amy Adams, okay? I think she's a great actress. And you like Christoph Waltz. Okay. And I like Christoph Waltz. He plays such a slime ball. He is a slime ball in this movie. That you feel the tension in this movie. Does he play anything else? No, he really doesn't. <laughs> it's like over and over and over and yeah, over. It's weird when he's it's like, typecasting. he keeps asking Amy Adams if, I, if he can have some milk. That's that's weird. Yeah. If, if you've seen Inglorious, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Inglorious. <laughs> Sounds like a <laughs> motivational movie. But he, the tension is there because he has just stolen her work. There's nothing she can do. She is re- totally repressed. And I think they both do an amazing job. That said, I'm not going to revisit this movie a lot. I enjoyed it while I watched it. And I, f- I liked it because it was not the previous movie, which we're going to mention next. It was the furthest thing. Oh, sorry, not his previous movie, but yeah. the 2010 blockbuster. I mean, it's, it's not Frank and Weenie either. <laughs> yes. It was the furthest thing from Burton, that, and it was such a nice welcome change. It's a tier two. A welcome tier two. You're so wrong. It's a tier three. Really? I knew you would say that. It's. I did not like this movie. At all. Like, I really, Even for performances? Christoph Waltz was, was pretty good. Amy Adams annoyed me, and I just, I really, this movie dragged so much, and I did was not enjoy it. Was it the courtroom it. stuff? Kind of. It was it was stuff building up to it. Like there were some interesting parts, but overall I was like, wow, we could have gotten that point a lot quicker. So tier three. Whatever. Scissors. Whatever. Your face says whatever. Are you guys ready for the last one? Yeah. The last one. The highest grossing movie from director Tim Burton and coming in at one billion twenty-five million four hundred sixty-seven thousand hundred ten dollars. One billion. You guys know I haven't said the title yet. Right? With the Rotten Tomato score fifty two percent. Have you guessed it, the listener? Alice in Wonderland. Ah! Uh, no, no. What do you think about this one? Tier two? Tier three. <laughs> I think we both agree this is a tier three. This is a tier three. This is a tier three, but let's talk about why we hate it. Yep. Okay. Let's do that. First off, I like the what I usually like when Burton uses claymation. Oh, first of all, high five. Or, or practical effects. This one was basically the jungle book. This one is basically this green is screen. Green screen the whole time. And apparently it only 90% of the film is green screen was completed in 40 days. And most of the cast and crew felt nauseated about staying on the set the whole time. So Tim Burton actually got some lavender lenses fitted into his glasses so he wouldn't get sick. Really? I wish you would have done that for the rest of us. Cause I felt sick watching this <laughs> yeah. movie. It's not even my, it's this, this is not my worst rated. I should say Mars attacks probably is my, my worst. Okay. 
This one had some fun moments, but man, like what? I hate like it. what? Tell me, there the was fun something moments. fun. No, there, was some, there was some fun visuals and stuff like that. Like I don't know why Helena Bottoms Carter giant head made me laugh. Oh, are you serious? Oh, my gosh. And Alice was okay as a as an actress. Ew, Mia Worcestershire Shukowski. Yes, but honestly, when it's, it's pronounced Worcestershire. <laughs> oh, Worcestershire, Worcestershire, Worcestershire. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, when uh, when uh, stupid Johnny Depp did his stupid. Uh, yeah, Futter whacking dance. That's the name of the dance. <laughs> Whoa, that's the name of the dance. Futter whacking. Was that the dance you were doing at the beginning of the show? No, I think to expand that character, like the most pointless character in the whole yes. thing, because there's not much story to Alice in Wonderland. Well, you know, br- she's just on a journey. Yeah, but to make his character a, such a big part was so stupid. Just to give put him on the poster. Well, and Burton said that this was not. This is not a sequel, nor is it a reimagining. Because I don't know what it is. It's, oh, man, this movie annoys me. Trash. Welcome back to Underland. Ugh. And they ruined the Jabberwocky? Well, he, yeah, they did. They did. Yes. Why would they do that? I mean, at least they redeemed themselves on the sequel, though, right? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah. No. No, he had to, I was going to say, it's just, oh, man, this movie annoys me. So. I know. It's just like, uh, uh, face palm. Yeah. yeah. This movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it better or worse than Mars Attacks? Uh, better. I put it above Mars Attacks. <laughs> I mean, do you want to do Mars your... I, I know your... My top three, uh, Beetlejuice, Batman, Big Fish. In, in what order? Beetlejuice, Batman, Big Fish. So one, two, three. One, two, three. And then bottom, it's probably Alice in Wonderland, Dark Shadows, and Mars Attacks last. Okay, my bottom three. The worst one is Planet of the Apes. Really? Yeah, then Dark Shadows, then Alice in Wonderland. See, Mars wow. Attacks wasn't that bad. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. I really... I, I don't know what I don't know what it is about... I, don't, I honestly don't know what it is about the movie, but it really did not sit right His with me. His best movie is Edward Scissorhands, then Batman Returns, then Beetlejuice. But yes, I put Batman Returns. Yeah. Wow. I know. So we're a little bit different. We've given like 19 high fives in this show, so we need to be... Yeah, you're tearing, you're tearing's on, but you're, you know, your top three, bottom three are different. Yeah. But no, I, I honestly... I really do enjoy his movies, and I'll continue... When it says a Tim Burton movie, I will continue to watch it. He's not gone full See, Shyamalan yet. I I actually think he's gone through the Shyamalan phase and kind of come back. Really? You think and then it's, now it's just in, no, no, no. I don't think so. That one's brought him back for sure. Put <laughs> him on the map. I just think he's inconsistent now, which is what I kind of just hope Shyamalan will be. He'll make a really good movie and then a really crappy movie. A really good movie, a really crappy movie. Well, I don't trust Tim Burton. In fact, anytime I see Tim Burton, I groan. Yep. And then I go, oh, okay, that actually wasn't so bad. No, yeah. so it's not. Yeah. It's not. You still watch it though. Yeah, still well, watch. Of course, you watch anything like. Yeah. Um, but no, when we talk about when Tim Burton lost it, because I really, and this is just something I found during my research, I think it's about the time Helena Bonham Carter came into his life. And really? then, so the 90s, he was fine. 90s was good. And then Helena Bonham, Car- Helena, Helena Bonham Carter came to his life about 2001. And then it was hit and miss after that. And it just got kind of bad there for a bit. Keep in mind, he made Ed Wood and Mars Attacks in the 90s and Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. And, you did, and that was the bulk of his 90s. You didn't care for any of those movies. But the greats make up for the other ones. But then it's like, it's just been miss almost almost since then, I except think, for Sweeney Todd and Big Fish. I think he is kind of like Shyamalan in the fact that his first few movies, for me, were all tier ones. Mm-hmm. And then there was maybe a tier one with Sweeney Todd somewhere near the end. Mm-hmm. But the rest were like two t- uh, or tier twos or bottom tier threes. Mm. So I think he's, he's he started big. And now it's like, if he makes a good one, hmm, that's a nice surprise. <laughs> So here's the question for you guys. Right. What would you like to see Tim Burton do? I will. I like him return to form. Like I would like to see him. Like I kind of like Miss Peregrine's for that reason that it feels like, okay, this is Tim Burton again. This is what we like. 
when he strays away and goes in like big eyes and uh, Planet of the Apes, it just doesn't feel right to me. So stick to what you know, Tim. So and, stick to like quirky, odd, dark, and do, Edward do your hands, Beetlejuice type. Yeah, of, like yeah, the, the kind of outcast type movies and stuff like that. I enjoy those. I totally disagree. Yeah. What do you What do you want him to do? Another kind of big fish movie where there uh, is visual style and maybe no dark colors, but still you can tell it it has Tim Burton all over it. I'd be good. I mean, that. but just like a nice personal story. With good actors, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I don't want to see him just fall back on his, you know, eh, let's get Johnny Depp. It just feels like every time he's not passionate about the project, like Planet of the Apes, like Dark Shadows, it ends up kind of being a very flat yeah. movie. Whereas when he has a passion to it, like Big Fish relating to his parents or Edward Scissorhands relating to his childhood, it becomes a much stronger movie. Although, yeah. although, isn't he supposed to do Dumbo, the live action Dumbo for Disney? What? Uh, no. Yeah. What? It's, it may be that rumored. What? Right, no. <laughs> no, but yes, Dumbo for Disney, which, by the way, he started with Disney, so he did. Gotta be a, he uh, got fired from Disney yes. after Frankenweenie after that, I believe, because I said, you're wasting our resources. Yeah. Uh, oh, and you're a little you, too dark for the if kids. If you haven't seen his Hansel and Gretel, you need to go find nope. it on YouTube. Nope. It is it so is like, awful. Uh, if you've ever shown your kids Baby Einstein, it's a nightmare version of Baby Einstein. That's a fair assessment. Because <laughs> it is horrifying. <laughs> it is it aired right. one time, and then Disney pulled it and almost you know hit it. It was like the Star Wars holiday special. You couldn't find it anywhere. Now it's on YouTube. If you do Tim Burton's Hansel and Gretel, just jump in about 27 minutes in, and you'll see what we're talking about. Yeah. It, ends, it's, it ends up with a martial uh, kung fu fight, martial arts fight with the witch and the kids. And there's nunchucks in the house. is oh, so weird. Too. And uh, if I could ask Tumblr and BuzzFeed to stop putting everyone um, drawn like Tim Burton characters, that would be great. <laughs> Disney princesses drawn like Tim Burton characters. Well, who doesn't love that? Which I may draw a few of us and Tim Burton. That's when you write your so. sequel. Your <laughs> yeah. sequel for uh, what was it? Edward Scissorhands. Was it? What was the sequel for that you wrote? Oh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Christmas. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we. Tim Burton, if you're listening, we hope you return to form. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, and listener, let us know uh, if you like Tim Burton movies. If you don't, let us know what movies of his you like. Because a lot of people have seen these movies. These are popular movies. So let us know which ones are your favorites and which ones you don't even care to see. Or if we influence you to watch any of the other ones. But let us know on BaconCell.com and on our Facebook page. But you can let me know at 786Joel on Twitter. Or you can also come find me and, and catch me after a show at Quick Wits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midville, Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qw2comedy.com or go to the Quick Wits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com. And if you want to see me on TV, KJAZ, Channel 14 at 830 in the morning. And, and you can find me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers. Until next time, thank you for listening to Bacon Cell, Bacon Cell, Bacon Cell. People love that game. It's I, hilarious. I hate it because people love pain. How are you dealing with fame, Jacob? <laughs> All How the time. dare you? Yeah, I love you guys, but money is money. If you can kick this horse to death in 20 minutes, you will release every political prisoner on earth. And then the question is, do you try? I, just, I, I protected I can't, you. I can't look you in the eye for another five minutes, Jacob. It's just how it is. I'm just trying to make, bring the room back up from Jacob kicking horses. Eva Green is the highlight of this movie. Yeah, she is. Pastel colored horror. You want me to do an impression? Do you not know how the show works? I don't love Edward Scissorhands as much as most people who shop at Hot Topic. Imagine that Johnny Depp is on Rumspringa. Rob Roy, Rob Roy, Rob Roy, Rob Roy, Rob Roy, Rob Roy, Rob Roy. Hey, dude. Hey, son. What do you think? Where are you going? 
You guys ready for a Jacob twist? No. Yeah. Yeah. Did you cry, Ken? Did you cry like a little baby? I feel a little more like a man when I know you cry too. You're crying because you're thinking about me crying? No, I'm thinking about Big Fish. Can I put on my hipster glasses for a second Please here? do. Can I borrow yours, Ken? Yeah, there you Thank go. you. We're not pigs. Because I like Amy Adams because she was in Superman. Face says whatever. It's a nightmare version of Baby Einstein. Joel is into the stern nanny. We all know that. And when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck, it looked like this. <laughs> <laughs>